Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Week 16 of the high school football season, and we have two Cincinnati teams that are looking to bring home state uh, titles in their respective states, Beachwood in Class A in Kentucky and Wyoming in Division Four in Ohio. In this episode, you're going to hear from Beachwood coach Noel Rash. You're also going to hear some perspective from Wyoming coach Aaron Hancock and also ScoutingOhio.com director Mark Porter, who's also a Bucknuts.com analyst. He's going to break down a little bit about the uh, OHSA football state finals up in Canton this weekend. Before I continue in this episode, I want to remind you, if feeding a crowd is in your future, try Chick-fil-A catering. From breakfast sandwiches to entrees, party trays to packaged meals, our catering menu has something for every occasion this season. Be sure to try our peppermint chip milkshake, too. Well, let's start with Kentucky Class 2A. We have 13-1 Beachwood taking it on 14-0 Mayfield. That is Friday afternoon at Kroger Field there in Lexington. I had a chance to catch up with Beachwood head football coach Noel Rash uh, during the Tigers practice this week and uh, started by asking him how the vibe is around the Tigers locker room this state championship week. I, I love the vibe. You know, we've been playing really well and, and, uh, and we've elevated our game. You know, losing Mitchell obviously was a big hit for us and the kids have, and, and you know, people are like, well, the coach, we haven't done anything. The kids have elevated their game. They've come together. I think it begins with that senior class. And they've, I don't know if they've had any meetings personally or not, but they've just, they've made the message clear that we've all got to play a little better. we all got to do a little better job, whatever that is, whether it's run, yelling run pass ball on the sideline on Friday night or it's playing every down. Everybody's got to elevate their game, and that's what we've been doing. So um, I'm really happy to see that. Mitchell goes on with the knee injury in October. A lot of players were mentioning it. Just, I mean, how did the team really come together? Well, it's tough because you, what, what the fans see in the stands, they see the Friday night stuff. What they don't see is the work ethic, the humility, all those things that coaches want to be around your players. Mitchell's remain, he understands his role now is different, but he's still providing that for this team, and thank God he is. And so are a lot of other seniors. You've talked to him today, and, and I think you're getting that vibe. But but it's it, it was it was certainly an emotional night. But since that time, we've, we've they've taken another step forward, and they keep taking steps forward. Um, we've probably played one of our best games Friday night, so that's a great sign to see. But, you know, we got another Friday afternoon coming at us, and we got to be ready. How special has this journey been? It's been incredible. Every year and every team goes through adversity. You know, we had the COVID years. We've had those things. And so every you hear every team talking about how they've had a hard time. Everybody's gone through hard times. Everybody goes through injuries. What you have to make sure of is that you're teaching kids to get up and go to work through through adversity, work for something more, more than yourself, work for a bigger cause, and, and believe in the cause, and make sure you're fighting for all of us and not just yourself and and i'm lucky to get to do that here because these kids pick up on that vibe and they and they run with it what are going to be the keys to success against mayfield always comes down you got a block tackle and run you can't turn the thing over but you in november you better and obviously this is going to be december but you got to be able to run the ball and you got to be able to stop the run uh mother nature may creep up mother nature may be great on Saturday. we don't know on friday what's what the weather's going to be but we do know is we're going to be ready for either well certainly the tigers have bonded together well here down the stretch uh, especially in the postseason after losing senior running back mitchell berger to a season-ending injury in week eight and uh beachwood is going for its third consecutive class 2a state championship and its 17th state championship overall in its storied program history. So certainly uh, the Tigers will have a lot of fans there in Lexington uh, trying to see them uh, get to that three-peat. Uh, once again, Coach Rash just has his team ready when it comes to this time of the year. Well, before I go any further in this episode, uh, if feeding a crowd is in your future, try Chick-fil-A catering. 
From breakfast sandwiches to entrees, party trays to packaged meals, our catering menu has something for every occasion this season. Be sure to try our peppermint chip milkshake, too. Well, switching gears now to Ohio, undefeated Wyoming is taking its 15-0 record against Cleveland Glenville. Uh, the Tarblooders are 14-0 this season. Uh, and that's a Division IV state championship game, 7.30 p.m. Saturday night at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium there in Canton. Wyoming is the only greater Cincinnati team remaining in the OHSA state finals and had the opportunity to catch up with Cowboys coach uh, Aaron Hancock this week. And, uh, you know, he consistently tweets 1-0 after every victory this season. And uh, I asked him about uh, not only, you know, taking it one week at a time, but this great opportunity for the Cowboys to return to the state final for the first time since 2018. The, the kids are just focused individuals and um, driven. Um, of course, this has always been their goal to get to the state championship game and to win a state championship. But, um, but each and every week they hit the reset button, focused 100% on our opponent for that week, and really went out and performed. So that's what we're doing. You know, uh, great battle last week against Steubenville. Great win. Um, now we're hitting the reset button, ready to get started and focused on Glenville. What's it like? You've been through this before, obviously, 2018. What's it like playing this time of year? I mean, you're the only Ohio team left here in Greater Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a special uh, honor. I know you can't have time to reflect on that, but. Yeah, it is, it, it, it is special. I mean, um, we're playing in week 16. I mean, no other Wyoming school in, or Wyoming. Uh, program has ever played in 16 games so that's a first and um, so we're excited for the opportunity I mean um, you know we we uh, we learn how to dress cold for the playoffs and and so it doesn't change um, so we're, we're excited what impresses you on film with Glenville oh they're just an extremely talented team across the board they're well coached they they're they're a very good football team and it's gonna be a battle um, what did you guys learn from that student game you're down uh, obviously, wait. You know, maybe they're driving in for another score and they miscue and take advantage of that. And obviously, well, that's that's what the that's what the playoffs are. Is you know you're playing good te- good football teams, so a play here and there, that that you know a turnover or this or this and that can change the the whole game. And so then the other team can jump on it and take advantage of the miscue by the other team. And and that's what we were able to do and just kept focusing on the next play, the next play. You know, know, they're going to gain yards, line up, next play, do your job to the best of your ability and compete. And and that's what we're about. It's that next play mentality and you never know what will happen. And and that happened. We took advantage of it and uh, we were able to um, you know, to execute when we needed to. How's your off-season conditioning and weight program really prepared you guys for the 16th week? Yeah, I mean, our off-season program is is tremendous, I believe. I mean, we put a lot of emphasis into it. Our kids are committed. Um, they commit in the summer uh, to becoming a better athlete. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to become better ath- better athletes. And um, and then when you get out, you can, in August, you start teaching them football. Um, and, and that just, if your body's prepared, uh, you're able to perform better and faster. And, um, you know, the football knowledge will come, but but you gotta be prepared to, uh, to push yourself to another level. And that's what we try to do is in our off-season program. I mean, we, we, the kids put in a great amount of work and, and work hard at it. And we have great attendance because our kids want to be a part of this program. And so they see the result of 
all the things in our off-season program that we do, they see the result of it on the field. So it's just this cycle that we got going, and um, it's a good thing. How much of a challenge is it to keep these guys all bought in? Uh, you're, you're one and on mentality, as I mentioned, but it's all the playing for each other. Stay off that internet, stay off the, ignore right. the noise, all that stuff. But right. It's so difficult to have that these days in any right. level of sport. How have you guys managed to succeed? Come out here and embrace practice um, and football, focus on football. And, uh, you know, and within these walls, um, we have a, a great teachers but from our coaches. Um, and, and they just enjoy coming out here, practicing and preparing for the next opponent. It, there's that there's that goal at the end of the light or at the end of the tunnel the goal at the end of the tunnel and we just want to get there and these kids are just focused on taking the steps that we need to do to be successful and 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 that's all it is it's a simple process but it's a hard process to be consistent at i guess finally you've been in Kent obviously before victorious as state champions um what have you told the guys just about the atmosphere and the opponent's one thing but you know making a long drive going up friday that's another i mean how do you prepare for that yeah, I mean, we're, we, we've been there before, um, you know, we know the schedule, we know the expectations of when we get up there, the kind of, the little things, you know, that uh, to get our kids focused and locked in, um, you know, we're going to go, we're, we have some stuff planned and things like that, but, but it's all about just uh, enjoying the time with your teammates and then enjoying the opportunity to go out there and compete uh, for a state championship, and that's all it's about, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty cool, um, pretty cool setting up there. I, I like going up. I had a great time up in Canton, um, um, and I think it's a great atmosphere. And um, I really think it's something special. Well, certainly, Glenville is a very talented team. Uh, they have a lot of uh, players with uh, big-time scholarship offers. A linebacker who is verbally committed to the Ohio State University. T top two teams uh, in the state uh, as far as Division Four goes. Uh, they were number one and two in the uh, final Associated Press uh, state media poll. So, should be a memorable game. And that's why I brought in uh, ScoutingOhio.com director Mark Porter, a good friend of the podcast. I, uh, I asked him to offer some insight about this game and uh, maybe some of the other uh, uh, input about uh, the OHSA State Finals and also about the college football recruiting situation at the University of Cincinnati with uh, head coach Luke Fickle now going to Wisconsin. You know, the, of all the teams in the state, I haven't seen Wyoming's one of them. Uh, Glenville, I've actually seen three times because I saw him in the preseason and then I saw him against Van Wert and I uh, saw them the week before for a little bit against, uh, oh boy, who they beat up in Cleveland, uh, Illyria Catholic when they shut him out in the first half. So it was a quick game. Uh, I could talk in depth about Glenville and uh, Wyoming's going to have their hands full. Uh, no matter what team in the state, whether it was one through seven, if they had to play Glenville, they have their hands full. Um, they have two or three players that have Ohio State offers. Damarian Witten's a safety tight end. Uh, Bryce West is the cornerback and he plays a little receiver. And Arvell Reese is their middle linebacker who's six four and he plays fullback. All three of those players have Ohio State offers. Uh, Freddie Johnson, the left tackle, has a Michigan offer, Penn State offer. Uh, Keaton Murray, the outside linebacker, has Kentucky and a handful of other offers. Uh, they have Goodwin and Malik Davis. Uh, those are some underclassmen that have Division One offers. Their tailback um, just uh, ran for five touchdowns against uh, Van Wert two weeks ago. Deshante Jones, he's a bowling ball. He has offers. 
Um, I don't think there are too many teams in Ohio that can match them offer-wise with Division One offers and that type of talent on both sides of the ball. So it's really going to be a test for Wyoming, but they're a great team. And it's not like Glenville hasn't had trouble with great teams in the past. Van Wert took them to the wire. Van Wert is much like Wyoming. I stood there and watched Van Wert go for two with a minute left in the game. And if they get it, they beat Glenville. The only reason the score looked lopsided in that game was when they ran out the clock, they broke one away to make it look like they won by eight, Glenville did. But they were on the ropes, and they could have very easily lost that game in the last seconds. So, you know, they're not unbeatable, even though I just rattled off murderer's row of players for you, you know, what you got to deal with. So I don't mean to scare the, the Wyoming fans, but you got yourself a fun game, and if you win it, it'll probably be one of the most rewarding games you'll ever win. Certainly, the Cowboys had to rally late. Um, they played Steubenville there in Columbus in the state semifinal. Um, uh, there was a fumble there for Steubenville, and, and Wyoming took advantage of C.J. Hester, uh, one of three touchdowns on the night, and then they had a uh, pick six by D.J. Gray, their outstanding uh, junior there. So uh, uh, C.J. Hester, over 3,000 yards rushing, uh, 48 rushing touchdowns for Wyoming this year. And this uh, Glenville team, uh, while Wyoming has never played Glenville, um, there is some familiarity. Loveland uh, actually played Glenville in the Division II state championship game back in 2013. So um, there is a little bit of familiarity. Uh, Ted Ginn Sr., obviously a very well-known coach there uh, with the Tar Blooders. Um, what's been his uh, key to consistency since 1997? I mean, everybody talks about just the recruits and, and obviously his son playing in the NFL. But uh, why has that program been so successful in your mind? Yeah, you know, getting to know him has been one of my special things. You know, back in 2005, he opened his door and kind of let me into the program. Along with guys like Chuck Kyle, you see guys like that. I don't mean to digress, but, you know, I, I get special access sometimes, and I would say he is the real deal. I mean, if you don't know his story, he was the janitor there when no one wanted the football coaching job. He took it. He built up the program while his son was there, and he's done it with care. I mean, he cares about these kids more off the field than he does during football season. And, and he really – he cares about football, but I swear I've watched him off the field in the offseason do more for kids than anything football could ever do for these guys. And I think that they know he cares for them and they see the, the community of people and coaches he has around these kids. And that, that's what starts it. And they, a lot of those kids, they need that up there. And he brings them in all from all over Cleveland and – it has paid off over and over, not just in winning with games, but in scholarships and changing these kids' lives. The Ginn Academy now, uh, if you don't wear a suit and tie to school, you can't go there. I mean, I've watched kids get turned around at the door because they don't have their belt on or they're not dressed correctly for school. When I say Ginn is about discipline and, and building character in these kids, it is the real deal. It is the real story. So that's where it starts. And then the football on the field uh, – Ginn does a lot of track work with these kids, the off-season program. I mean, it's a full development thing. It's just not, you know, during football season. So it, it's the real thing up there. I can't stress that enough. It's going to be a special game to watch, obviously, as I mentioned, two undefeated teams. Uh, some other, while we only have one team from greater Cincinnati, uh, there's going to be obviously some interest in the Division One state final, and that's Friday night there. Lakewood St. Edward, reigning Division One state champion, going to take on Springfield for the second straight year in that state final. And obviously, uh, uh, Springfield defeated Moeller for the second time in the state semifinals. You were there. I saw you there at Piqua. Um, uh, what are your impressions of this uh, matchup and, and, you know, maybe the chances that Springfield could knock off St. Ed's? Yeah, I went to see Bloom Carroll the first half and went over to the Moeller game for the Springfield there. 
And yeah, I was treated to watching Springfield come from behind and that quarterback, Bryce Schoenauer, or if I'm saying his right name, Adam right. Yep. Yeah. The transfer from Arcadium. Uh, it's one of those stories where he believed in himself. Uh, he went there probably with some criticism coming from a smaller school and boys, he paying dividends so some of the throws he made and, the weapons out there with Fig Penn and Anthony Brown and, the, you know, what he has to deal with are two of the best receivers in the state, so it's a quarterback's dream. But it's like a marriage made in heaven. I really didn't know if they could get past Moeller, but defensively Springfield's unquestionable. Is, is, will that offense do it? Uh, and St. Ed's, I, you know what, I, I would give St. Ed's almost the advantage because I think they're as, as good as you can get. Their offensive line is 6'8", 6'7", 6'7". Every one of them is going to Division One. The Armstrong Twins have Penn State and Michigan. Uh, ben Roebuck has Penn State, Michigan. I mean, you got three or four Big Ten kids along that offensive line. I think the center is an Ivy League player. Uh, the quarterback and receivers are just as decorated. It, so that that will be what Ohio should have as a Division One game where the stars are out, the, you know, the Division One players are literally at every position. I'm sure the announcers are going to have to keep up with that because as they make plays, it's really a college player in the future making plays. Mark, you travel around the state of Ohio um, during the, the entire high school football season. What were some of your impressions just of um, this season overall? I know that's kind of a broad question, but uh, was there something that kind of struck you um, just during your travels that you thought was really interesting to this season? Um, you know, this year, I think I, we're just happy to be back for a total normal year away from COVID where you didn't have any of those the things on the sidelines. You had a full training year. Um, it almost looked like last year was a skeleton year of Ohio football where the teams weren't maybe as developed. The kids weren't maybe in as good a shape. Uh, they were missing players a lot. A lot of times, I think the playoffs a few years ago had teams that were blown up by COVID and, you know, they lost due to COVID more than what their team was. So just having it back to normal would be what it was. Uh, great weather all the way to the last couple of weeks in Ohio. Stuff like that matters for me. Uh, I really can't say anything like different. I mean, it, it just feels like we're back to normal. And I think that our recruiting numbers are even better this year than they have been in the past five years. Like the amount of recruits coming out of Ohio, it seems like the development and the offseason program has put more kids in that position just as an initial reading. Did you make it to a, a new venue or stadium uh, in your travels that you hadn't uh, visited before? Yeah, I, I, there's 700 and some uh, stadiums, and I know I've been to at least three or 350. I'm trying to think of where I went this year that was maybe a little different. Um, boy, you got me on that one. You really do. That's all right. <laughs> We're uh, about a corner of a state. I pop up like soon as he gets off, but yeah, I know yeah. I was somewhere that I'm not usually at. Uh, but th that was a good question. I'm sorry I, you, you caught me on the spot here. What are some of your favorite spots to, to visit, I guess? I mean, obviously, you can, you're there in Northeast Ohio. Uh, you're yeah, very familiar with that, but just maybe um, down south here of Columbus. Much, much, much like the pit at Elder, I love Steubenville. Mm. Uh, on the visiting sides, the fans are on top of the players. Like, there is no side. There might be three yards from the sidelines to the stands. And if you think of most stadiums these days, they have tracks. And sometimes they have 10 or 12 yards of sidelines before the track and the fans are pushed back and you don't really realize what it's like, almost like beyond Thunderdome down there where, you know, it's almost like they're reaching down and it's, so it's really cool and it's really loud. And of course, Steubenville's tradition makes it cool. Um, going up to see St. Ed's is always cool. You know, when they play at Lakewood stadium, cause that's such a, that seems like a high school stadium that fills up. 
I'm excited for the fans to see uh, Kent McKinley's stadium, you know, which they're going to be playing in the Hall of Fame this year. The NFL has made that place just off the charts. So you're, you know, you're really in a state of the art NFL stadium to finish up the football season. Uh, I don't know. There, there's some great fan bases I like to go see. I saw a game at Ironton. That's got a little bit of Americana down there. I mean, there's some unique places in Ohio. I guess just finally, Mark, uh, obviously, as we record this on, on Wednesday morning, um, University of Cincinnati looking for its next head football coach. The coaching carousel in college football has begun, obviously, with Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin. And um, I guess what, what what's your take on just uh, how that may impact recruiting? I, I know it's so tough to say without knowing the new coach, but um, what are your impressions of uh, something when this occurs? What happens next as we look at the uh, – you know, transfer portal, we look at December 5th, we look at National Signing Day, uh, December 21st as well. Yeah, this is a little bit of an icky subject. I'm sure the Cincinnati fans are at ease, are not at ease right now. It's no secret Luke built that program by recruiting and his personality, and he attracted a lot of those people to him as much as the university. You know, a lot of people with kids say, oh, I like the university, I like the campus, but Luke's why I'm here. Um, so when you lose that, who's going to replace that a lot like Matt Campbell at Iowa state. There's certain guys that are just great recruiters. Uh, you worry that how many kids love Matt and will say, you know what, I'm just going to transfer and, and follow him there. And would he do that to the program? That's why I say it's a little bit icky. Like, uh, this is one of those things where yeah, players are going to want to go or how many of them are going to, you know, want to jump ship and who's the new guy. And I've seen some great names listed with the goalishes and hard lines and, you know, there's some really cool replacements that could keep the, you know, the ship, you know, right on where it's headed. Uh, but, you know, like you said, without knowing right now, it's hard to see how that recruiting will go. Uh, and high school kids are really fickle these days, not to use a you know, pun there, but yeah, they changed their mind and it's, it's almost decommitment season and you've already seen it. You've lost the kid that was a Cheney that went to Michigan. And I think I've seen some other decommitments at Cincinnati. So, you know, it, it gets real at the end of the year. So I, I, I wouldn't want to predict the future, but it's like I said, it, going to be icky here coming up it'll be overstated i mean what what luke did just for um getting the greater cincinnati players and and certainly the past six years just a lot of recruiting success from i would worry that you're not going to appreciate him until two or three years from now if it doesn't keep up with that level of recruiting which he recruited at the highest level you could there's a reason someone came and got him you know and wisconsin came in and you know backed up the brinks truck or whatever because it's about recruiting, and he was one of the best. He just at his age, the way he related to the players and the comfort level he had with them and his staff. You know, it was really you, you can't overstate it. You know, I, I don't know if people really realize how important recruiting is because a lot of people aren't recruiting like us that follow how good these kids actually are and how hard it is to get a kid like this to come to Cincinnati uh, where he could have had so many other options. I mean, he pulled kids from a lot of places that Cincinnati didn't normally win those battles. Mark, uh, tell us what's going on with scoutingohio.com and how people can follow you and how uh, some of these players can fill out the, their player profiles. Yeah, this is the season where I'm just – I was watching uh, film this morning right to the second you got on. I almost missed the call. So it's me trying to catch up with all the kids that are registering. Uh, so register for free on the site. As soon as you do, I watch your film. I put you in my report. It goes out to 70 college programs, Ivy League, uh, Big Ten, SEC, and MAC. So you'll get plenty of exposure, even to the D2 and D3 schools. It's not just for the you know the big-time players. But that's pretty much what we do. The, the college coaches pay us, so the kids get to do everything for free. Uh, and we're lucky to, been to be doing it since 2005. 
Mark, always appreciate it. You've been a friend of the podcast here. I appreciate your insight and uh, hey, enjoy the state finals. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate you, Mike. Well, Mark is always a wealth of information, and I had a chance to see him at the uh, state semifinal game there in Piqua as uh, uh, Springfield defeated Moeller. But uh, Mark, just a, a great advocate for uh, high school football around the state of Ohio. He does travel uh, to every corner of the state for his uh, business there as he lives in Youngstown. But uh, if, if you want to get a good grasp on uh, not only high school football, but college football recruiting, be sure to check out his website at scoutingohio.com. Well, that uh, concludes this week's episode. Certainly, we hope uh, and wish for the best of luck for Beechwood and Wyoming in their respective state championship games. And I appreciate you listening and watching this week. Uh, Again, thank you for listening for this entire high school football season as well.